Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. Of course, I'm Natalie Zamora. And like always, I'm joined by my co-host, Max Mallow. Welcome, Max. Hello. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> we are here. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah. What's up, everybody? Uh, so on today's episode, a um, bit of a slow day in terms of what we wanted to really talk about, but of course, I feel like we were talking about what we could do, review a movie or something like that. But, you know, it's still, we're in that new year feel still. Um, we're only yeah. 14 days into January as we're recording this. So why not do our, I guess, kind of wish list for what we want to see for horror movies in 2021? Um, of course, uh, there's a lot of movies that we've talked about so far on previous episodes that are coming out that we'll me- uh, mention and talk about. But... There are some things that Natalie and I want to specifically see when it comes to what the industry does, when it comes to stories, uh, you know, franchises as a whole. So we'll talk about that. But before we get into that, of course, have to do our weekly horror news roundup. So Natalie has scoured the internet looking for every headline she could find. And first off, uh, a new A24 horror movie. Is finally coming to theaters this month, St. Maud. Uh, it's also going to be released on Epics in February because we're still, you know, in this whole COVID world where going to the theater probably isn't the safest thing to do right now. Not probably. It's definitely probably not safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so talk to me about this uh, St. Maud movie because it's got A24 attached to it. And for a lot of people, that's already enough for them to, to watch it. Yeah, I feel like I've been trying to watch this movie for, like, years. It was supposed to come out in April of 2020, and obviously that didn't happen. And um, I will be honest, I've been looking through the internet to find an illegal stream of this movie for the past few months because... Oh, breaking the law! I am so hyped for this movie. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's not going to live up to my expectations, only because I have really high expectations since COVID, you know delayed everything and this is just something that I've had you know on my mind for a long time so I've been wanting to watch it um St. Maud, yes it's an A24 movie so of course we have high hopes for that because we love that studio um and it looks really creepy from the trailer it's about a nurse um and a lot of you know supernatural type of religious stuff is gonna start happening I, I don't know why I'm acting like I'm gonna give spoilers away when I haven't even seen the movie yet um but yeah it looks good so I want I'm excited to watch this and again like I'm not going to theaters and I don't have epics but like hopefully this just means it'll be easier to watch at some point yeah 
uh, it's going to be hitting theaters on January 29th in a limited release, uh, according to uh, a report from Deadline, uh, which we got from an article from uh, Bloody Disgusting, and it's going to be on Epics on February 12th. So you have your options. Um, we're both in New York. Definitely not safe in New York to go to the theaters. I don't know what it's like in yeah. the rest of the country and the rest of the world. Um, you know, I remember us talking, I think it was back during like Christmas time, that you could like rent out a theater if you wanted to and, and yeah. go see a movie with a couple of your pals. And, you know, keeping your party down to like four or five people and renting out a big movie theater, there's a lot of room to socially distance. But of course, be safe. We're in a pandemic still, you know, if. I don't know if you need like a subscription to Epics or or what the deal is, but yeah. you know you have the option to watch it at home for a home release. And uh, yeah, I mean this quote here from the bloody disgusting article should get fans excited because it says described as a chilling and boldly original vision of faith, madness, and salvation in a falling world. So, like you said, you got that religious vibe in there. Kind of yeah. get a bit of uh, The Stand, which, you know, I'm still watching. I'm still mm-hmm. actually enjoying it a lot. I haven't picked up the book, but that's a thing that I always <laughs> do, is that I go to Barnes & Noble, I buy a book that I want, and it just sits on my shelf. Because books can be art, right? So <laughs> You did the first step. You bought it. Exactly. You have the intention there. Exactly. I will maybe read it. No, I should read it. Um, but yeah, this looks this looks exciting. Um also in the article says like Maud is a newly devout hospice nurse becoming obsessed with saving her dying patient's soul, but sinister forces in her own sinful past threaten to put an end to her holy calling. So spooky. Yeah, it looks really creepy. And I'm sure too that you can do like an I'm don't quote me on this, but there's probably a way to do like an epics like free trial or something. If not, they're they're really messed up because, you know, using the free trial is always a great way to watch like one thing that you want to watch and then cancel it. But hopefully, because I do really want to watch it. Yeah. I wonder if you'll be able to uh, watch this through your Amazon Prime account if you have an Epic subscription, because there's always that crossover where Amazon hosts HBO shows, Showtime shows yeah. on Prime Video, but you have to have an active subscription to one of those platforms to watch it so i wonder if that'll be uh something that fans can do as well and you know if this is a movie you really want to see like natalie said if epics has that free trial uh, no shame in doing that seven day free trial (laughs) and canceling it right after right i feel like everyone does that (laughs) yep so yeah same mod january 29th in theaters limited release february 12th on epics next up this is something that i was I don't want to say confused. I was like taken aback that this is actually happening. But there's a sequel to John Cho's Searching in the Works. And mm-hmm. the plot is under wraps. And it's going to feature new characters uh, and a new storyline. But I feel like Searching has like a little bit of a cult following. People like really like this movie. Yeah, I love this movie. I remember watching it in theaters and like going into it with no expectations. Just being like, all right, yeah, it's like a horror movie. I'll watch it. And then like really being impressed by it. Um, so yeah, have no idea what the second one's about. Um, but you know, if it's anything like the first one, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, the film is being produced by Natalie Kasabian. Um, and also digital filmmaking guru as credited <laughs> in the article from deadline, uh, Timur Beck I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, <laughs> 
people mm-hmm. should know him from Wanted, which was the movie with Angelina James, Jolie. Yep, Angelina Jolie, James McAvoy, where he was bending bullets and stuff, and Mor- mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman's in it, Commons in it. I love that movie. Um, cool. So I need to watch Searching, and yeah, fans of the of the first should be excited that a a sequel is is in the works. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll watch it. And then final piece of news, something very close to my heart. <laughs> uh, we previously mentioned uh, on the show that a reboot to True Blood is in the works. Uh, True Blood, my favorite TV show of all time, right behind or right in front of The Leftovers, um, both <laughs> HBO shows. But uh, sucker for vampire stuff, <laughs> pun intended. Um, and <laughs> Anna Paquin, who everyone should know as the lead role of Sooka Stackhouse, uh, had some positive things to say about the reboot, uh, talking to Collider, saying, quote, so I wish them well. I don't know if they need us for anything. Aren't we all too old now? But it's a fun world. It's a supernatural world with endless possibilities. Of course, there's room to do more and tell more stories within that universe. We don't own it. So a couple things here. One, you get the blessing of of the lead female role, Sookie Stackhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Anna Paquin, people know her from just being an amazing actress as a whole. Married to Mr. Bill Compton, Stephen Moore in real life, which is awesome. <laughs> it's yep. just like your inner fandom is like, yes, they loved each other on screen and they love each other in real life. It's awesome. It's like uh, 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 Rose Leslie and uh, Kit Harrington. Oh, yep, yep. It's like the ultimate shipping. That's what you want if you watch a show. Exactly. Um, but, you know, a True Blood reboot is something that I don't know if we need. The show, while I love it for the first four seasons, well, I'll say five. Four, I don't really enjoy, but five is probably the last <laughs> great season. Um, and then six and seven are guilty pleasures because you're so invested in it. Um, yeah. You don't I, – I don't know if there's – a need for it. I definitely agree with, with Miss Paquin that there's room to tell more stories in the universe, but just the way they ended it. I'm just like, you know what, man, like I'm a bit exhausted of this. I could, what I should do is really read the books by Charlene Harris. (laughs) Cause the, the way this show just fell off a cliff cannot be understated. It took a huge dive, which a lot of HBO properties kind of do later on seasons <coughs> game of thrones but um yeah I, you're a true blood fan as well so i don't want to be the only true blood voice on this episode talking about a reboot but you know give me your thoughts on just the idea of this and anna paquin giving her blessing yeah i mean i guess it's you know it's nice for her what is she going to be like no you can't recreate this because I was on it. You know what I mean? Like, good for her. She's a great actress. I love her. Um, you know, she's she's one of my favorites. So, you know, good for her. I'm sure that at first everyone was kind of like, why the hell are you doing this? Because I remember when the news came out, she had tweeted back at a fan or something and said, like, nope, I have no idea what this is, you know? Like, she wasn't told ahead of time the news came out. But I love True Blood so much. It, it is probably my favorite show. You know, I watched it when, you know, right when it came out and everything. And it was a big part of my life when it was on. Um, so I don't think there needs to be a reboot. It's just too soon. That's the thing. Like, I understand the need for reboots. Like, I feel like in every episode, we just trash on reboots. Like, it just always circles back to how much we don't need reboots. 
but it's kind of like you have to do something you have to take the world that they're in right and then do something completely different or else what's the point so I don't know I'll watch it especially like on HBO I'll watch it but like do we need it definitely not and I hope it's you know I don't know I don't even know what I'm hoping I'm just gonna watch it and probably think it's all right so yeah like my favorite part about True Blood was it's a unique take on like okay vampires are you know, out of the coffin, as they say in the show, they're living amongst us in the real world. True blood is a thing. People can, vampires can live and, you know, the show goes on and it has like so many iconic characters from Eric Northman, Bill Compton, Sookie Stackhouse, um, that the, the one thing that I kind of did have a gripe with, because us growing up in our generation, we got hit with Twilight, we got hit with Everything. the vamp yeah, the vampire diaries and true blood, right? And you can kind of rate those on like a scale of like PG to R. Like True Blood is the most yeah. R rated version of that for sure. Uh, yeah. Vampire Diaries more edgy than Twilight. But they all had the same romantic triangle of, you know, the human falling in love with two different vampires. Mm-hmm. Or I guess in Twilight's case, a werewolf. Right. And, you know, a supernatural so- thing. Exactly. And, you know, Sookie does dabble with a werewolf in True Blood, Alcide. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God, I don't even want to talk about how his character arc came to a close because it's. <laughs> oh, it's awful. Um, yeah. So, like, I would want something more along the lines of focusing on how vampires came out of the coffin and, like, more in depth stuff with the authority because I loved the authority. Yeah. In season five with um what's his face from Law and Order? Dennis uh, O'Hare. Yeah. No, no, Dennis O'Hare is um Russell. The, yeah. The, the, the oh, one, who are you talking about? The, the the main uh male cop on SVU. What's his name? I don't, I don't watch SVU. You don't? Oh well I guess we're the two of us are in a boat of <laughs> millennials who didn't watch SVU. Um I can't whatever his name is, I can't remember off the top of my head. But you know, an idea of a of a secret governing body of vampires was so cool to me. And then we got into like Bill Compton becoming a god and it just got way off the rails. And then we had a hepatitis version for vampires. And it was yeah. just, oh man, so crazy. So I hope that it's just like wrangled in and picks one singular like major arc to tell. Um, because to its fault, it throws so many supernatural ideas uh, in the universe for True Blood. Like fairies, mm-hmm. vampires, yeah. half, halflings, hybrids. Uh, well, no, hy- no, we don't actually don't get a hybrid. Hybrids, vampire diaries. Were <laughs> um, panthers and stuff like that. Oh, I, oh God. Jason and the yeah. Were panthers. We should do a whole retrospective on True Blood because I love we that show should. so much. That's a good idea. Yeah, I've been trying um, to get my girlfriend to watch it, and she's just like, I don't really want to commit to that. And I was like, well, I don't know how I'm supposed to commit to you. No, I'm just kidding. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my favorite show of all time. So it's either yeah. that or Vampire Diaries, and I'll, I'll make her watch everything. Um. Yeah. I agree with you that that's why I'm like, it needs to be something completely different because I don't want to say like true blood is, is like a basic plot because it, there are a lot of layers and it can get complex. And, you know, I love that show. I'm not trying to shit on it, but like you said, like the, the love triangle and like certain elements of it is kind of like, we've seen it a million times. So 
yeah, I want to know more about the lore. I want to know about, you know, how vampires came into real life, all of that. And I also want to know, like, about the fairies. Like, that was so, like, we learned about it because Sookie's the main character. But I feel like there could have been way more into that. There just wasn't the time. So we need, like, I mean, we don't even need this. But if something else is going to come from True Blood, it would be better as a spinoff than just a full-on, like, reboot, remake of it. But you know, we don't know what it's going to be about. We might be judging too early, but that's what we do. We sure do. That's what we do on the show. We <laughs> judge things way too early, especially <laughs> something like True Blood, which we both love, and it's very near and dear to our heart. Um, so yeah, and a pack win. Um, I hope I hope for the best with the show. I just I really hope it doesn't suck because that would be the worst thing for it to suck. Um, so yeah, the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it'd be like, look, man, this is just I can't deal with this anymore. Like that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the country. That wouldn't get me away from you know the True Blood reboot. Yeah. <laughs> but that's something like drastic that I can put my foot down and say I'm gonna leave the country because this reboot sucked and it hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's your weekly horror news roundup. Um, let us know in the reviews, comments, wherever if you guys are excited for Saint Maud. What do you think of the True Blood reboot and the sequel to Searching? Um, but into our our topic for the episode, which is things we want to see in horror for 2021. So 2019 had a lot of hype uh, with horror, you know, movies uh, were getting a lot of praise, you know, building off of the success of, of it, which came out in 2017. And then you had the Halloween reboot that got a lot of traction, a lot of hype, which came out in 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, things kind of got derailed in 2020 amid the whole COVID-19 pandemic yeah movie, theater industry uh and hollywood as a whole had to put projects uh on the back burner it just this is the nature of the world and what was going on but 2021 uh you know people have high hopes for what's to come because a lot of stuff that was supposed to come out in 2020 is now delayed to this year so you know barring any major setbacks hopefully vaccine rollouts and you know we start to get back to a normal life sometime this year um there are some movies coming out that have us really excited. Yeah, I agree. And I think, too, like, even if not everyone can get back to the theater this year, at least, you know, studios are realizing, okay, we need to team up with HBO Max. We need to release it this way or another, even though not all directors are on board with it. It's like they're figuring out we need to release these movies at some point. We just can't keep delaying them until nobody cares about them anymore and then they're in theaters and you know whatever happens like I think now last year was such a shock obviously and now this year it's kind of like all right regroup what can we do how can we get these movies out we obviously spent a lot of money time effort on them we need people to see them so uh high hopes for 2021 and yeah we have a list of a bunch of movies that you know we're looking forward to we've gone through these a few times in previous episodes but I think the main takeaway for what we know we're gonna see this year is there's gonna be sequels reboots side quills oh my every you know everything is not everything but the majority are you know building upon a universe that already exists which you know it's fine, but I wish there were more originals. So just going through a few of the a few of the titles we have here, we can kind of break down a few if we want. But looking at sequels, we have A Quiet Place Part 2, which is supposed to come out in April. Um, obviously, the sequel to A Quiet Place. 
Um, and then another direct sequel that we have coming out, Don't Breathe 2, which is a sequel to Don't Breathe, coming out in August 2021. Um, and then Candyman um, is supposed to be a direct sequel to the original um, coming out in August 2021 as well. So... Max, are you excited about these sequels? And, you know, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, I mean, going from the, the first one you mentioned, uh, A Quiet Place Part 2, you're not, it was in your hot takes. You didn't really like the first one. Um, yeah. The, the, I really like the first one because as, as we go through all these movies that are coming out, we'll also talk about, you know, the, the things we really want to see this year in horror um, mm-hmm. from, like, a general standpoint. But uh, Quiet Place... I really enjoyed because it, it was fresh. It was unique. Like we did get the whole like wave of, I don't want to say knockoffs, but like similar movies that followed, like Bird Box, like yeah. movies that like affected with like your, uh, with senses. Don't and stuff go like outside. That. Yeah, like don't, don't breathe. Also, kind of follows that line as well because you know they're trying to rob a, a blind man, um, and that movie I really enjoyed. I and did all, too. And also Dylan Minnette's in it, and Dylan Minnette's yeah. great. Um, so the funny thing about a quiet place part two is that I, for like months during 2020, I was like, Oh, that movie came out. Like, I wonder if it was good. <laughs> like I, in my brain, it was like, yeah, that movie came out not knowing that it didn't because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And the movie theater closest to me in my apartment, um, whenever I walk by, because they haven't changed out the posters in the front, oh of the movie my theater, God. there's just a super faded, a quiet place part two poster. And I was like, wow, that's really depressing. That's crazy. You um, should yeah. take a picture of it. Gram it. I know, right? Be like, what could have been? But we'll, we'll still be. But, you know, um, Quiet Place <laughs> Part 2 uh, should be exciting because I think that universe can be explored a bit more. Um, it wasn't really built upon. It was very much focused on the relationship of the family. Um, yeah. And uh, and how Jim Halpert could handle some, some terrifying aliens. Um, but, <laughs> you know, with... Uh, Emily Blunt leading it. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, and then Candyman as well. We talked about this movie a bunch. Uh, yeah. I'm really, really excited for this one because I feel like Candyman, uh, the original, is a classic. And this one has a great cast. Jordan Peele's attached to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Nia DeCastro is directing it. Um who I believe is now attached to Captain Marvel 2, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she's co-directing it. Yeah, so she's taking off in Hollywood, which is awesome to see. Um, and I have a lot of high hopes for that one. I hope that one gets some kind of release on uh, a streaming service if we're not able to yeah. get back to theaters in August. But um, And then Don't Breathe 2 is like not something I like knew I needed. Or watch yeah. it. But like it's something that's like, oh, it's on TV or it's available to stream. Let me watch it. It's not gonna get the twenty bucks for me, but you know, I'll watch it. I agree with you. Um, and then we also have a couple of third entries to a series. Um, we'll get into that in one second because we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Uh okay, before we get into the third uh installment ones. Also, I feel like with Candyman, it's a direct sequel to the original, but since the original came out so long ago, also it has a new cast and everything, it doesn't feel like a direct sequel, you know what I mean? Like, this feels like a reboot, I would say. Don't don't ask me to, to, 
to um, identify all of these reboot, sequel, remake, whatever it is. But if I had to put money on it, I would say it looks like a reboot. Anyway, um, <laughs> so going into our, then we have The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, June 2021, which is the third Conjuring. And then Halloween Kills, which is technically the third because Halloween 2018 was supposed to be a direct sequel. This is so confusing to it my really brain. Is. I'm like listening to you say it and I'm like, as you're saying it, I'm like, I know you're saying it right, but I'm still really confused. <laughs> this is like the type of thing where like the conjuring, the devil made me do it. I've seen every conjuring movie, but I had to still look it up to be like, what number is this? Like, I don't know. They all like just go together, especially because there's like Annabelle, the nun, all these movies that, you know, are in the same universe. So that one's just confusing on its own, but Halloween kills. I'm thinking like this is a sequel because Halloween came out 2018. The other one came out in the seventies, you know, it's confusing, but I think, you know, you and I are both really excited for Halloween kills. We loved the 2018 Halloween. Um, as far as the conjuring, the devil made me do it. It's coming out alongside HBO max. So I will be watching it the day it comes out just because convenience and comfort, um, don't have high ups for it, but I'll be watching it. So, you know, a familiar franchise, why not? Yeah, and it's got Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga returning, right? So yeah. the con like the first conjuring is iconic. That will probably go down for a lot of people in our generations that being their favorite horror movie of all time. Uh I feel it's safe to say. Um, yeah. And the that- scariest, I think. I don't think it's scary, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Doesn't it like when they marketed it, everyone was like, It's rated R strictly for being scary. So, you yeah. know. Well, I mean, disclaimer, you're not easily scared. So Yeah. Um, I still liked it. It was a good movie. Is it, you're like, you are like, oh, you know, that was well done. I really like that movie. And people are like, oh, my God, that was so scary. And you're like, well, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're hard to scare. Um, don't ask me. <laughs> uh, the second one I haven't seen, and I refuse to kind of dive into that whole universe of the Annabelle movies, The Nun, the Curse of La Llorona, I was just like, too much for me. I don't really need to do this. Um, wasn't something I was super interested in. But like you said, the ease of access with it coming out on HBO Max this year will probably get me to watch the second one and then the third one. Because at least that's a, lin- a linear you know, story. Um, mm-hmm. While all the movies that we both previously mentioned are in the same universe, which is cool because you can build out a whole movie universe. It just the movies need to not suck. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that I mean that's for the Conjuring Halloween Kills. Yeah, it is a sequel. Like it, it's so confusing because like as you were reading these off, I was like, uh, wait, we missed Halloween Kills, but then you mentioned that it is technically Halloween Three. Yeah. Um, but like not by. Like, by the rules of the new movies, not by the rules of, like, the whole series. Do you exactly. Know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's no, it's so re- confusing. Yeah, it's technically Halloween 2 for the new reboot universe, but it's Halloween yeah. 3 in the universe of the storyline that they're telling. But it's also, like, Halloween 14 or 15 right. in the actual in franchise. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so confusing. I'm so glad they didn't attach a number to this and they just, like, kills let's just throw that in front of it that's a good idea i don't Uh, know what a stupid name but it's better than halloween whatever i don't even know what they would call it halloween three i don't know i don't know halloween michael myers ain't dead (laughs) he he lived in a burning building spoiler sorry um but 
yeah, uh, Halloween Kills, we're both super excited for. You can go back and listen to every episode of this podcast. I feel like we talk about the 2018 <laughs> yep. reboot so much. Um, but mm-hmm. the the one on this list that I think will probably get talked about the most, you can make an argument for it at least, is Spiral, which is a new movie in the Saw universe, uh, which is you know, done by Chris Rock and Sam Jackson and two people that everybody loves, uh, you know, Sam Jackson, Pulp Fiction, like you just go down the list of movies and, you know, comedy acts, especially for Chris Rock, that these two are attached to a Saw movie. It's going to get people talking. It's get people excited. Oh, yeah. But the Saw franchise as a whole has been beaten to a pulp so much. Pulp Fiction, huh? I'm so full of puns today. I'm so full of puns. Um, that, you know, is this a reboot? Is it uh, like a Annabelle type thing where it takes place in the same universe? Nobody knows because the marketing for it hasn't really depicted what's to come. Right. We, we got some like spirals in the trailer for it. And, you know, Sam Jackson's going to say motherfucker and it's going to be awesome. And we're all going to be like, yeah, Sam Jackson. But then like, hopefully he doesn't get killed off like, uh, Danny Glover style or anything like that. So, um, I don't know. I feel like this movie has a lot of potential if it takes Saw in like a unique way where it becomes like the first one where it was very much like part horror but also like police thriller. Yeah. Like tracking down a serial killer and it doesn't become torture porn because I just, torture porn is something I don't engage with when it comes to horror. It's just not something that interests me. Um, so yeah. Not a hostile fan. No. <laughs> I, we talked about this, I'm yeah. sure. I watched the first hostel at too young of an age. Yeah. Because like I don't need a lady's eyeball falling out of her eye. It's just ugh. not not for me. Not for me. Um but yeah, like what's your thoughts on Spiral? Like I don't I think I like this franchise more than you do. Like I think there are a few of the movies that I enjoyed and like I don't mind the torture porn. I think it's stupid, but I'm not like I'm kind of just like sure. Like, you know, if it has a good like thrill to it, all right, like whatever. I can enjoy one or two um if they're made well, but I don't think this needs a reboot, whatever the hell this is spiraled from the book of Saw. Like, it's like a spinoff, it seems like, but I guess they're doing it as like a reboot. I don't know. But yeah, we don't need it. I think it's just another one of those things with like not trying to compare the Saw franchise to True Blood because they're so different. But it's like, it's too soon. Like they're, You're still making these movies and why are we now like redoing it? But, uh, like just come up with something new. Like, it's not like Saw was such a... I think it was a beloved franchise in the beginning, but it's turned into, you know, not great. So I don't think it's such a beloved franchise as a whole now that people want this. It's just kind of like, let it be. And maybe in, like, 20 years, somebody will pick it up and be like, hey, another torture porn movie, let's slap Saw on the name or something. But, like... I think Jigsaw is, like, there's not, no, it's over. All of these things are done with. I don't think we need this, and I will be watching it, nevertheless. Yeah, they, that's it. You're a sucker for it. They, they, <laughs> they've, pull, they've pulled you in. They got you, the target audience. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, the first Saw is great. I'll say that. The first Saw is really, really good, objectively, as a movie and a horror movie. The second one is unique because they told a story about, you know, 
a bunch of survivors who had to try to make their way through all of Jigsaw's games, but it took I place like at a different time, so you had that fun yeah. twist at the end. And then the I like the second one a lot. Yeah, and then you had the third one, which you know dove deeper into the relationship between Jigsaw and his apprentices and how the story would play out with that. And then Jigsaw dies at the end of the third one, and I feel like the writers are just like, okay, well, we're going to need now- a lot... Yeah, like now we're gonna need a lot of bloody kills, and we're gonna need to time travel in the in the past a lot, and like it just kept on getting more and more convoluted. Yeah. Although like um, people like love the kills and it's gory and stuff like that, it just got out of control because you thought like, okay, this is Jigsaw's first apprentice. Oh no no no, no. this was Jigsaw's first apprentice. Oh wait, you thought you thought that was Jigsaw's first apprentice? No 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 no, this is Jigsaw's first apprentice. And then the last one that came out, Jigsaw as it was called it was, all, watch it. it was awful it was just yeah. same old tired storyline telling of like i've said who is jigsaw's first apprentice and <laughs> so i hope chris rock and and sam jackson can kind of breathe some fresh life into this this franchise and if it's not going to be directly related to jigsaw and it's just going to be like i don't know a copycat killer that's very much focused on thrills and the mystery and I guess the ambiance of living in a world that was affected by Jigsaw might be interesting. Right. But it, I don't know. I will gladly watch a lot of YouTube reviews and read Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> stuff before deciding whether or not I want to watch this movie. I'll watch it, but it'll be one of those just like, Ugh, I really have nothing else to watch. Let's just like put something fun on that. Like you aren't have, and you don't have any expectations for it all. Like, you know, like, we talked about it. There are some, like, legitimately, there are many legitimately good horror movies that, like, are either psychologically, you know, thrilling or legitimately scary or just, like, well-made. And then there are some that you just watch for the hell of it and it's, like, whatever, just throw it on and see if anything is interesting. And I think this will be one of those for me. Like, I'll just throw it on and just, you know see what it is if it sucks like i won't you know be too disappointed because that's a high possibility so yeah and then on our list of you know movies that we know are coming out in 2021 um that we're excited about there are two original films there should be way more of course there's going to be way more original films coming out this year but as of right now the ones that are very anticipated Um, One of the two is Last Night in Soho, which we had brought up in a previous episode. This one is directed by Edgar Wright, who is a very acclaimed director. He's known, you know, for his unique uh, storytelling and cinematography. I'm a really big, big fan of his. Um, And then the lead in this movie is Anya Taylor-Joy. So, you know, right off the bat, that pairing, I know Max and I will be watching this movie and um, the premise seems interesting. It doesn't seem like a horror movie, but the synopsis is that it focuses on a young wannabe fashion designer girl who mysteriously enters the 1960s to encounter her idol. So it's going to be time traveling, some trippy stuff, I'm sure. Um, and it's, it's listed as a psychological horror movie. So take that as you will. It also has uh, Matt Smith in it, the actor. So... You know, I'm excited for this. It's going to come out in April 2021. I think, you know, Edgar Wright is someone that is good at telling original stories. He is always, you know, produces stuff with a fresh take. So I think this is one to watch out for. Agreed. 
Uh, you hit on all the notes I wanted to, plus the fact that Thomas and McKenzie is in it. Um, I don't know if you've seen Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Um, she played the the Jewish girl that was hiding out oh. in um, in Jojo's yeah. home, and she is awesome in that movie. Jojo Rabbit was awesome, hilarious movie, really well done. Um, yeah, I didn't know her name. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ta- Taika Waititi, awesome. Mm-hmm. Let me see him do a hardcore horror movie. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie, uh, I'm extremely excited for. Like I said, for Anya Taylor Joy, who is you know taking over Hollywood right now, um, I feel like she kind of flew under the radar for for Split. Like yeah. pe- people really enjoyed Split because of um, you know M Night Shyamalan, yeah. her performance, James McAvoy's performance, who's amazing, um, and then when it tied into the whole universe of Unbreakable, and then they obviously came out with Glass. Uh, Glass wasn't as good, and it was a kind of a a poor finish where it's just like too much M night Shyamalan stuff <laughs> going on um, to really just like hammer home and kind of uh, round out the trilogy. Um, but she's great. Obviously Queens Gambit, um, the new mutants, which I sat myself through cause I was really interested in what was going on. Oh, you watched it? I did. She's, she, she's really good in it. Um, the, like, I really, really wonder what, how well that movie uh, could have performed at the box office is if it wasn't just delayed over and over again. And yeah. the directive freedom of making an R-rated X-Men movie with like horror aspects could have been fully realized. Um, but she's really good in it. And yeah, I mean, Edgar Wright has directed some of my favorite movies of all time, like Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, um, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, which yeah. is a satirical horror movie uh, about zombies. And, you know, the... The one Edgar Wright movie I don't really love, which I think we both should. Baby this. Driver. Yeah, I wish. Ba- I'm not that big of a fan of Baby Driver. No. Um, which I feel like most people will be like, "What? You don't like Baby Driver? You're crazy." Um, no. But yeah, this movie I'm really, really excited for. More psychological horror uh, is something I, I really want uh, in movies, which is awesome because like I'm thinking of ending things, kind of push that envelope a little bit in the beginning of the movie, but once it kind of unfolds and you get more character development, it's not as scary. It's not really yeah. a horror movie. It's just, like, unsettling. It's like a psychological drama, I guess. Like, Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, I really hope Last Night in Soho is really good. Um, you know, it's coming out relatively soon. April's only three months away now, so... I, where's the trailer? Yeah, where's the trailer? Give me a trailer. Um, and this should... Like, Anna Taylor Joy is just skyrocketing. How? Oh, how could I forget the witch? She's amazing in the witch too. Yeah. So that's why she was like a horror darling to start out with, and now she's a just a huge superstar. So it's great, you know, just going back to the horror. Stay there. Yeah. You're the best. And now she can kick all of our asses in chess too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this last night in Soho, and then the other one, which is one that like I'm thinking back to when we were still in the office before yes. COVID happened. This trailer dropped, and us and our coworker Gnome were like, "Yo, we gotta watch this right now because yeah. we had no clue what was going on." But this new A twenty four movie had a trailer come out. We're like, "Let's watch this," um, and it's The Green Knight, which looks awesome. This movie looks so good. It looks good. It looks like even from watching the trailer, like you don't really get a sense of what is going on. Like it's based on it's based on a poem. 
and it's like takes place in like the King Arthur era. Um, and it looks scary, to be honest. It looks pretty good. And it has Deb Patel, Alicia Vikander, and Joel Edgerton. I mean, all-star cast right there. A24. Um, you know, what could go wrong, I want to say. But also, you know, a lot could go wrong. Um, but it was directed by David Lowry, which the only thing I think I've seen by him is this movie, Ain't Them Body Saints, that uh, stars Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck. I thought it was pretty good. Um, so, I mean, oh, he also made a ghost story, which I didn't see what I wanted to see. Um, so, I mean, nothing, nothing really, you know, against or for him. So we'll see. But this movie looks good. It really does. I, it's probably the least horror movie on the list, I would say. Like, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be medieval fantasy, but I think there's going to have some horror aspects to it. Yeah, um, it looks like it has, like, the undertone of, like, a horror, like, really, really creepy in the trailer. I feel like that's how they're marketing it, at least. Yeah, and just got to say, David Lowry on his Wikipedia page, that is a manly mustache. That, <laughs> is, that mustache is insane. Um, so shout out to you, Mr. Lowry and your mustache. Um, yeah, I, I mean, De- everyone should know Dev Patel from Some Dog Millionaire years ago, uh, was amazing. Uh, Joel Edgerton, uh, I feel like he had a lot of hype coming off of, uh, he was in the Thing reboot prequel thing. Uh, <laughs> What else was he? He was in Warrior, which is really good. Yeah, The Gift. I mean, that wasn't that good, but he was yeah. in that. <laughs> um, and then Alicia Vikander, uh, who's been in... Uh, Ex Machina. Yeah, she was in Ex Machina. She was in uh, Tomb Raider. She played Lara Croft. So I love mo- her. Yeah, this movie should have a lot, of, uh, a lot of hype around it. And coming out in the middle of the year, July. So I hope this one's good. Me too. July's a good month when I was born so Aha, you know. there you go <laughs> it's a good month um yeah so out of the movies that we know are coming out I think there are a handful of really promising ones some that were like eh we'll watch it just because and some that are really interesting so I'm excited so now we can kind of just talk have a discussion about you know what are things that you want to see out of horror in 2021 it could be from these movies or it could be one that comes out of nowhere and you know surprises us um i think just a glaring uh point to make at least on my end is that i want more good original movies you know i think all of these reboots remakes whatever i understand why they're doing them but i think they just get so much money behind them and then the original movies don't and i understand when it's something like halloween it's made so much money in the past so it's like all right we can throw so much money at it now because it it will make money people will go and see it but i think you know some of these original movies just don't get the recognition that they deserve. And in turn, you know, they either fly under the radar or they just like don't have enough money. Like it's just not a a high budget film. So they suffer because of that. Not always, you know, obviously we know low budget movies can be really great, but I want to see original films just getting more hype. Agreed. I also think there are a couple movies that I can tie into our overall themes that we want for this year. Um, Mm -hmm original movies definitely um like there was just a wave of solid solid releases that were originals and then even like reboots that had original takes on them 
Like, if yeah. you're going to do a reboot from an old franchise, like, we'll say Invisible Man, right? Invisible yeah. Man, super original take on an iconic horror character from way back in the, the early uh, 30s. So that's what I want. I want movies, original movies, like, uh, think of Green Room. I love Green Room. One of my favorite horror movies from the last decade. And super original. Yeah. Uh, the late great Anton Yelkin was so good in that movie, um, along with Patrick Stewart. If you guys haven't seen Green Room, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. Yeah, I don't think it is. I would give that movie a watch because that movie is fantastic. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, other original ones in the past decade, we have to, you know, say The Witch, Hereditary, you know. Of course. And some of those, like, they, those, you know, were marketed well, I think. And we just need more of that to, you know, say my point again. Um, yeah. Well, we can get into, you know, what else we're looking forward to this year or what else we want to see this year. Um, but we're just going to take our final break and we'll be right back. Okay. So what else? Like something even just like, I feel like there hasn't been a good zombie movie in a long time. Like, I want more zombies, you know, and not just the comedy zombies of, like, zombie land and stuff like that. Like, I want legit just, like, a scary zombie movie. And I don't know if we'll get that this year, but I want a good one. Because, of course, there are some that come and go that are, like, straight to Netflix or straight to, you know, another streaming service. But I want, like, a big zombie movie that's actually good. Too much to ask for it, it might be. No, I'm on, I'm in that boat with you. Um, like two notes. Like, what was the last zombie movie? We had that. Uh, what was it called? The Dead Don't Die or something like that. Yeah, I thought that was decent, but it was also like comedy. Yeah, it was very much like. Uh, I don't want to say like indie comedy, but it, Adam Driver was in it. Bill Murray mm-hmm. was in it. It had like a a Wes Anderson vibe to it. Yeah. Um, who directed that movie? Don't mind my keyboard. <laughs> um, uh, Jim Jarmusch. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I, when that movie came out. I didn't know who that was, and I think you and Brad were like, "You have to watch his movies." And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go watch The Dead Don't Die," which is obviously not his most famous movie, but that's what I did. Yeah, Only Lovers Left Alive is fantastic. Um, I really, really like that movie, and. Yeah, I feel like The Dead Don't Die, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks great. Like, I think Selena Gomez was in it, too. It's like yeah. a really fun and cast. Austin Butler. Yeah, just like a, a fun cast and zombies, and I'm always down for zombie stuff. Um, yeah. But I haven't, like, truly enjoyed a zombie movie in a really, really long time. Like, Same. there's so many duds, too, like Warm Bodies. Just... I thought that was okay. That was, like, cute. It wasn't scary, but it was cute. No, I didn't need that movie. Um, <laughs> I want, like, Dawn of the Dead again, which is a good segue because we're supposed to this year get Zack Snyder's Return to Zombies with yeah. uh, Army of the Dead. Army. It, yeah, it's a Netflix, right? It's supposed to be a straight to Netflix. Yep, straight to Netflix. Um, Bloody Disgusting put it on there, like, movies to watch out for in 2021. Um, and it's supposed to have, like action horror elements to it where like they're in Las Vegas and they want to go pull off like the greatest heist ever. So like think, I guess oceans 11 with zombies. (laughs) So I don't know how that's going to exactly work, but 
Dawn of the Dead is one of my favorite, if not probably my favorite zombie movies, his reboot of it. Um, right. Or remake of too many reboots. Re- yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Don't ask me. That should be like a band word on the show. We should not be allowed to say this at all. Reboot, <laughs> remake. But yeah, um, that should be really good. Like, I, I feel like uh, there was a, a George Romero movie, Land of the Dead. Uh, that had Dennis Hopper in it that I really liked as well. But again, that's like 08, I want to say. There hasn't been a zombie movie that I truly, truly loved um, that wasn't like a guilty pleasure. Like, I know. I know. Like, sorry, just the final thought, because I don't know if you are a fan of this franchise at all, but one of my favorite video games of all time is Resident Evil. And they're mm-hmm. rebooting Resident Evil mm-hmm. in the movie universe. And. God, those movies are not great, but because I love the franchise, I love the <laughs> movies. And this one's supposed to be a little bit more tuned to like the true roots of the video game franchise. Um, and it's directed by uh, Johannes Roberts, who did Strangers Pray at Night um, mm-hmm. and that shark movie 47 Meters Down. Oh, gotcha. Um, and it's, you know, it's going to have more iconic locations and stuff like that. But I just don't want that movie to suck too. Give me something original, which I guess is the Zack Snyder thing that I have a lot of high hopes for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Zack Snyder one, like, is something on my radar, but I always kind of, like, was like, oh, it's just, like, action. But, like, no, maybe it really is horror, so obviously I'm going to watch it. Um, It's just, for some reason, not something that comes to mind when I think about, like, this year. Um, But, yeah, I think zombies are, like, such an interesting topic. They've been done really well in the past, and they've been done really badly, so, you know... Hopefully, you know, they continue to get better. I don't know. That's just like a shot in the dark, but we'll see. Yeah, like you had all the the Romero hype building off of, you know, decades, right? And then yeah, I feel like once Walking Dead hit TV, yeah, that was like the standard people set and like, this is my favorite zombie thing of all time. And while it's really, really good in the beginning, it just went on for way too long, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, so... Just give me original zombie stuff. That's all I really want. Like Alive, the the Netflix one. Yeah, that one's not yeah, terrible. I need to watch it. It's not terrible. Like, of course. Oh, and I, I mean, I, I, Train of Train to Busan is also just again yeah. a, a classic horror movie. Um, but I feel like a lot of people, unless you're like really connected into like movies and and horror as a whole, haven't seen Train to Busan, which is a crime because it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it's also not new. Like, when did it? Oh, oh, sixteen. I almost said. I think it's twenty sixteen. <laughs> yeah, twenty sixteen. Um, okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking like twenty ten or something. So yeah. Okay. Is that like the the last best one? I would say so. Uh, I haven't seen the sequel, Peninsula. Um, yeah, I didn't even know. I think you told me they were doing that. I had no idea. Yeah. So I, I hope that one uh, is good. I need to give that one a watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there was a lot of people who, after they saw Parasite, and it was like, "Whoa, there's a lot of great movies Horror coming from movie. Korea." Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Oh, wait, let me go watch this movie, Train to Busan." And then everyone's like, "Wait, you haven't seen Train to Busan? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> um, so yeah, more zombies. Totally on board with more zombies. But more than more more than good zombie movies that we want is we really want really good original slasher movies. I feel like. 
Yes, and I want one to start a franchise. Like, we need the Michael Myers of this, like, decade. Like, we need something that is going to be, you know, iconic. It's a lot to ask for, I understand. But, like, when we look at, like, iconic slashers, granted, like, we're not going to be like, oh, something that came out this year is iconic already. But, like, just some of, like, the best slashers, like, they're all old. They're from the 70s or from the 80s, maybe a few of the 90s, like, we need something that's new, and I feel like all of the all of the franchises now are more of, like, I'm thinking of, like, the Conjuring stuff. That's kind of, like, you know, obviously that's with exorcisms and with ghosts and stuff like that, which those do well. But, like, I'm thinking about, like, a, a real a person. Like, Freaky is a funny example because that was, like, horror comedy. But, like, the Blissfield Butcher, we need, like, that person. And we we don't have it. Yeah, I don't think the Blissfield Butcher is ever going to come no. close to like the the Mount Rushmore of slashers. No. Um, and it's funny too with Freaky because I like after watching Freaky, I was like, I'm gonna go back and watch Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. And like, side note, music in that movie slaps. Um, mm-hmm. But so the, I didn't realize how many parallels there were to that movie yeah. and Freaky. Like, I remember a big point of our review was how big of a dick the workshop teacher was to Millie. Yeah. In Freak Friday, the teacher's really mean, too. But it was, like, because her mom dated, like, or she liked the mom or something. Yeah, and she didn't take him to prom or something like that. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. Okay, obviously, like, the the teacher in Freaky is way more extreme. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I wonder if they actually, like, directly borrowed that for the, the movie. Um, but, yeah, like, when I think of slashers, I think of Freaky most recently uh, and probably Happy Death Day. But yeah, like, I was thinking that, but it's so different. Yeah, like Happy Death Day isn't focused on the killer; it's focused on the story and the whole sure. Groundhog Day as- aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like the last—I don't even know if I would call him a, like a a slasher icon, but like, I feel like the last one that actually like rose to a level of like Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, Chucky was probably Jigsaw, but Jigsaw wasn't going around slashing people himself. He was yeah. setting up traps, and his apprentices, who you thought were the first apprentices, but actually weren't the first apprentices, were, were doing everything like that. Um, so, I agree. We need, we need like, a, a new... Fr- someone set off the franchise, whether it's... I guess maybe Happy Death Day Freaky is the, that's our best shot at getting that crossover of, like, an awesome yeah. slash new slasher franchise. It's something that... I feel like is desperately missing from from the horror genre right now. I agree completely. Um, and then the other like final thought I uh, put down of something I want to see is just like more female led stories and horror movies. You know, there are so many good ones in the past, but there's definitely not enough. Um, and I think you know it it would just be great to see. It's always something that I want to see in movies in general, but like horror movies too because. You know, I'm obviously a female and I'm watching a horror movie. I love horror movies and I want to see more women in the in the title role, in the central role. Yeah, I mean, think of how many female-led horror movies that have come out over the past couple of years and that have been box office successes, but also just, like, uh, loved by fans. Like, we mentioned Freaky. We mentioned uh, Freaky is more recent, but um, mm-hmm. Happy Death Day people loved um midsummer midsummer you have 
I mean, even like Hereditary, it's still yeah. it's like Tony Collette. It's like about her whole family, but she is the she is the main character. Yeah, uh, Invisible Man, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Moss is so good in that movie. We've said it so many times on the episode. <laughs> Um, and we've said that we've said it so many times yeah. on past episodes. Um, but like last night in Soho should be um, one that I have my eyes on for a, a great female led story um, mm-hmm. with Anya Taylor-Joy and Thomas and Mackenzie leading that one. Um, I hope going back to the, the Resident Evil stuff that yeah the, the main female leads uh, Jill Valentine and Claire Redfield who are, the two biggest female characters in the franchise are given like actual screen time and allowed to develop their characters because for the movies that came out in the two thousands, they created a whole new character that Mila Jovovich played. Right. Um, yeah. She wasn't related to the video games at all. She was just this badass woman kicking ass, which is awesome. Um, but you know, for myself and a lot of people who are fans of the franchise, they want those like, you know, characters that they grew up with that they loved and they want to see them portrayed well on screen. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of hype for that one. Um, Halloween Kills as well. Like how much are we yeah. going to get with, with Jamie Lee Curtis and, um, oh God, what's her, her name? Her granddaughter. Her granddaughter. Yeah, Judy Greer uh, mm-hmm. and her granddaughter. Because, um, you know, you got that whole bit of foreshadowing at the end of the, the 2018 one. So mm-hmm. yeah, like there are, uh, a lot of examples of, of female-led horror stories, um, or horror movies, rather, from the past mm-hmm. decade. Um, and, yeah, give us more, because yeah, when, when they're done well, they're amazing. Like, yeah. Uh, what was that What was that other one? Uh, the alligator. Crawl. Uh, crawl, <laughs> yeah. That was not good, though. I mean, it was, like, it was entertaining. Also, you know what I want to see is a female slasher done really well. Because it like there have been obviously female villains and everything like that, but no nobody's like to the to the icon status of you know Freddie, Jason, and all of them. So that would be interesting. Yeah, and I feel like now in like in our day and age, not to sound so old, but like everything with technology, everything's virtual. Like you don't need to be a six five you know, um, terrifying, huge man to be a murderer, to be a slasher. Yeah. Like, get creative, people. Get creative. Or make it a... Uh, what are they doing Scream 2? They made it a uh, Billy's mom. <laughs> Billy's oh, yeah. mom was one of the ghost faces with Timothy Oliphant. What a terrible <laughs> twist. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like, I feel like a lot of my horror movie, favorite horror movies have come out recently were all pretty much female-led, at least focus mm-hmm. on a, a main female character. Um, so, yeah, um, and just make Resident Evil good. And who knows? True Blood might have another female lead as well. Maybe they'll replace Sookie with somebody, or they'll just make Sookie again, and they'll have someone else yeah. portray Sookie. And I'll be like, okay, no. that's not my Sookie, but okay. <laughs> Sookie Stackhouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of yeah. Lot, a lot of things on our wish list. Yeah, I agree, and I think with some of the movies that we're talking about that we're excited to see, like we could see some of those, um, some of those elements or moments in there. So I'm definitely excited for horror this year. It's going to be better than that year. It has to be just because you know things are being sorted out in terms of how to release movies. So just from that fact, I think we have a better year ahead of us in horror than last year. 
Yeah, I hope so. Um, I'm just I'm sorry. I'm thinking even just like more back of female-led horror movies that I really love, like The Descent. The Descent is so good. All female cast. Um, Black Swan, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's a horror movie. I love Jennifer's Body. That is oh, of just course, so good. Like such a good movie. You're next. Oh, you're next. Uh, ready or not? That's ready the one I. Not, that's yeah. the one I forgot to mention. Uh, I hope nobody <laughs> turned off the podcast after I didn't mention Ready or Not because that movie uh, is one of my favorites from from the 2010s. So yeah. good. Um, the Babysitter also smart weaving. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, every movie she's ever starred in. Yeah. Um, what's um? I mean, even just like taking it back, Carrie. I like, of course, yeah. Carrie is an iconic like character, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't even say she's a villain, and she's obviously not a slasher. So, like somebody to her fame, but a complete freaking villain. That's what I want. Yeah, uh, it follows. Yes. Oh, there's so many movies. Uh, honestly, a ton of movies. Just give us more, because yeah. they're great, um, and nobody will complain. At least we will. we're not complaining. The um, people who are complaining, you don't want them to watch your movie anyway. So, like, it's totally fine. There you go. So, <laughs> final thoughts on 2021. Give me your f- most excited, or what movie are you most excited for? Oh, I kind of want to say The Green Knight because we have a solid trailer. But I also am going to say Last Night in Soho because the potential is really there. Okay. So... Two originals, because I'm freaking over the reboots, even if I'm excited for some of them. What this, about you? This is tough. I instantly regret answer, asking you this question, because there are multiple ones that I want to say. I know. So I'm like, but also, like, obviously, Halloween Kills, I can't wait for. Like, Yeah. I think we have a solid lineup. Agreed. Uh, I'd probably say Last Night in Soho for originals. Um, Resident Evil, just please don't suck. Mm-hmm. Please, please don't suck. Um, and hmm, probably Candyman. Sweet. I'm also excited for all of those. I wasn't really, I watched like the first Resident Evil, like back in the day, but I w- never really got into the franchise. But like, if this, if I hear, hear this movie's good, I'll watch it. So like, yeah, like we can do a whole retrospective on an episode and like, I don't want to go too deep into it, but like even yeah. the, the first one has elements of the video games yeah. in it. And uh, like Alice is an awesome character as just like a badass female, um, and Michelle Rodriguez is in it also, who's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. but then like two tried to take a lot of elements from the video games, and then three kind of shied away from it, and then four was a mess, and then five was a mess, and <laughs> six was a mess, and it's just all a mess. And just please don't suck because it's my favorite horror video games of all time. And don't suck. That's all I ask. Please don't suck. Is that so much to ask? I think that's kind of like the moral of our this episode and like just looking into the year movie or just in general. 2021. Don't suck. Please. Exactly. It's like people are already like uh, comparing of all the bad things that have happened in 2020 already to, to 2020. I was like, all right, well, I don't think we're at that level yet. Yeah. And like you know, we'll turn a corner, uh, hopefully, right? And then, like, we'll get back to real life and movies won't suck. But, of course, movies will still suck. That's just unfortunately how it is. Um, But, yeah, 
Last Nine Soho. Don't suck. It probably won't suck. It's Edgar Wright. It'll yeah. Um, Candyman should be awesome. Resident Evil. Don't suck. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one you're most scared about right now. Yeah, like not even like I want to be scared by that movie. I'm just I'm really oh, scared yeah. it'll suck. <laughs> all right well thank you everyone for listening make sure to tweet at us and tell us what movie you're most excited about for 2021 and what you want to see in a movie in 2021 or beyond if you really think something is not going to happen this year but you want it to at some point tell us and uh, tweet at us and leave us a good review on apple Podcasts. and we'll be back next week so thanks everyone save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.